0: That's ixl.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am excited to have Dan Krynas on the podcast today. We're going to talk about why being an instructional coach is the best gig in the world of education. And... It's going to be a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. And please share this with someone who would benefit from learning from Dan Krainus. Here's my interview. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is Jethro Jones, and I'm very excited to have Dan Krainus on the podcast today. Dan, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate you being here.
1: Jethro, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and Dan
0: has his own podcast that I think we might as well start talking about right here at the beginning, and that'll kind of set us up for the rest of our conversation. So why don't you tell us about your podcast just to wet our whistles, if you will.
1: Yeah, great. So the first of all, uh, the podcast is called Leader of Learning, and uh, we're still kind of in our infancy. Uh, we've released 12 episodes so far, and uh, it's been going great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, essentially the, the podcast is about... Really, educational leadership in general i've interviewed guests who are still in the classroom, guests who have been uh, school administrators uh, guests who aren 't even administrators uh, authors and and other people who uh, just have some interesting takes on leadership and even know a little uh, you know a thing or two about education and so uh, like i said i 'm having a lot of fun with it, and you know essentially. Uh, the way I, I kind of market it in terms of uh, what it's about is exploring transformational leadership in education, kind of like what what your show does as well. And just helping people understand what educational leadership is and that no matter what position someone's in, what role they have, what title they have, they can be an educational leader regardless.
0: Yeah, I love that that approach. Just talking to a teacher today at my school who has... Great potential to be a leader. And he was, you know, asking for advice on whether or not he should, you know, take a leadership, informal leadership role by being a mentor to someone else who didn't ask for it or anything like that. And it was cool to see like his sincerity about wanting to help that person. And really, I truly believe that you don't have to have a title to be a leader in a school and even kids can take on that role. And in fact, a lot of kids do without question.
1: Yeah. you know, And one of the things that uh, will probably come up, let's say in this conversation is that I myself am not a school administrator, or at least not yet, but I certainly consider myself to be an educational leader. And actually one of the guests that I had on my show, the guest who I referred to a minute ago as not even being in education is a guy named Mark Crowley. And he authored a book called Lead from the Heart, which has been extremely instrumental and, and influential on me as someone who is like up and Coming in the educational leadership space. And one of the things he talks about is like what you were just saying, where as a principal or as a a business leader, a CEO, anybody who is, let's say, in charge of other people, when you have those kind of people working for you, those people like me and you, and anybody who wants to lead and wants to better themselves and better the people around them, then they're always going to perform for you. they're always going to look to outperform themselves and so having many of those people you know as many as you can have is really important and you know I I think that for anyone who is that way they do consider themselves leaders they do step up when they feel it's necessary inspiring other people to do that is I mean that's like everything in in education anyway and and those are the people that you really want to have in your schools. Those are the people that parents want their kids to have as teachers. And they really are the ones who are making education, you know, the, the revolving door of education just keep going round and round.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and right now you're an instructional coach. And so that I feel is a very powerful leadership position as well, that every time I've had one has just made a huge impact on the instruction in our school. And what I think is really powerful about that is the non-evaluative relationship that you have with teachers that having the name of instructional coach really defines what it is that you're trying to do, which is, trying to coach people up to be better than they were before.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would agree. Uh, it's a powerful position. It's an important position. It's also, it's a tricky position. And uh, I've even said to people before, people who aren't even in education, I have the sweetest gig in, in all of education. And the reason I say that is because I'm not a classroom teacher anymore. And so I don't necessarily have the burdens of grading papers and, and uh, planning lessons and the things that you would traditionally associate with classroom teaching jobs. I also don't have the pressures of administrators. So in, in that regard, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun, I love what I do, and that's why I tell people I have the sweetest gig in education, But at the same time, it is really tricky because like you said, you're at least in my position, you know, I'm not administration. I'm still at a teacher level working under the teacher's contract and you have to be careful with how you, let's say, move forward with the coaching quote unquote coaching relationship that you have with teachers because you're still at that level. And even though you're in a non-evaluative position The way that you come across, the way that you present yourself, the way that you work with teachers can, if you're not careful, be off-putting and uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, I've made mistakes along the way, especially early on, and I've learned what to do and what not to do. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story, actually. I came out of the classroom and became an instructional coach literally overnight because I was hired over the summer. But I still had to work for a few months before my replacement took over for me, and the teacher next door to me kind of freaked out. I guess would be the best way to put it when I started sending emails about how I'd like to, you know, start coaching you, these teachers and and giving them some tips and tricks and pointers on maybe what they they should or are doing in their class or could be doing better. And he like freaked out on me and it was just so strange that that relationship changed overnight just because my title changed overnight. And instead of working in the classroom next door, now I had an office in the main office at my school. And, you know, I really had to step back and realize that people's perceptions of me, even though I'm the same guy, I'm at the same school, it it was just, it was starting to be different. So um, it is a powerful position. Like I said, I love what I do, but uh, it's tricky sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've
0: found with, with the instructional coaches that I've had that it is if they can understand that need to be aware of how tricky it is, it really does make a huge impact in what they're doing because they know that there are different things that they need to balance. But first and foremost, what has made them successful is being able to say, I'm here to coach. And so every small success you have is a big success to me. Can you talk a little bit about those successes and failures that teachers have that that you get to participate in and, and how that works from an instructional coach position?
1: Yeah, I mean, going going back to uh, what you were just saying, I think that the important thing to remember uh, for me and and people in positions like mine is to really, just like you would want your classroom teachers to do for their students, to cater to... The teacher's needs. And instead of coming at them with lots of things that you want them to implement or that you think they might be able to change, um, to really hone in on the things that they identify themselves as needing to change. And of course, and I know it sounds cliche probably, but it, it, it bars saying that everything always goes back to what's in the best interest of the students. And so I work with teachers on lots of different things. I've had teachers. I have this one teacher I work with who, when I first got to that school and he would want to show a movie in his class, he'd wheel out, and this was just three years ago, uh, he'd wheel out the TV that was on the cart with the VCR in it and pop in a VHS tape, and now he's You know, in a lot of ways, he's probably one of my leading early adopters when it comes to like if if there's something uh, technology wise that we're looking to try that maybe I've mentioned to staff members, he's one of the first ones to jump in and say, I want to try that because he recognizes that. If he does and if his students like what what the tech tool is or what the learning is that he's introducing that's new, uh, it's going to be a success. And therefore, the students will likely get more out of it than they would uh, had he just kind of kept going the same way and, and uh, you know kept doing the old tricks that, that he was used to. But yeah, I've, I've had, uh, I'd like to think that I've had a lot of success and, and, you know, even more so than my success, but that a lot of the teachers in my building are, are having successes where they're, you know, stepping outside of their comfort zone and, and trying new things and and being successful and uh, again more more importantly, just seeing their students more engaged and, and more successful in the classroom.
0: Yeah. What I love about that approach is that every teacher enjoys seeing that success in their students. When you as a instructional coach or as an administrator get to see student success at a different level that's not always apparent in a to a classroom teacher, that is is pretty awesome. One quick story about that. We had a a student who made a mistake and teacher wrote a referral for that student. I went and talked to that student in the cafeteria before the teacher gave me the referral. And I just asked what was going on. And, you know, she was able to articulate that she had made a mistake and this is what happened and told me all that happened so that when the teacher came in and told me about it, then I already knew the story from the student's perspective. And here's the thing that student actually told the whole truth and didn't try to like, you know, squelch anything or make it seem like she wasn't at fault. Like she took ownership. And so when it came time to like deal with the actual referral, it was like, man, this girl already dealt with the worst part of this, which is she owned her mistake and is ready to move forward. And, you know, the teacher doesn't see that because he had a confrontation with her, but I definitely saw it that she was able to calm down later and make a better choice. And, you
1: know, little things like that are just so exciting to see. And I love that. Isn't it amazing sometimes that, that students actually may possess that ability even more so or, or even better than the teachers can? And, and I, I'm re- referring specifically to that uh, reflection piece, right? Like they know they did something wrong and they own up to it. And I'm not saying teachers do things wrong, but I think that sometimes it takes a little longer for teachers to realize that maybe an idea that they had or a lesson that they've tried or just plain old instructional practice practices that, let's face it, they've been doing for years and years aren't really working anymore. And and it's tough sometimes for them to step back and, and, you know, take a look in the mirror and realize that what they're doing just isn't working. Um, I do find that there is, uh, In a lot of students, not everyone, but in a lot of students, there is that kind of magical uh, little thing that they have that they can just own up to their mistakes. And I'm all about learning from failure. You know, fail, F-A-I-L, is first attempt in learning and and having a growth mindset goes a long way. And so that this example that you gave and I could give lots myself where people make mistakes, they learn from it. And and the sooner they can own up to it, the sooner they can move on and, and hope to not make that mistake again.
0: Yeah, I've had many teachers who have been the kind that make mistakes and they come and tell me very quickly and own up to it. And, you know, it's really tough to get mad at them or to do any kind of discipline with them because they're they're the ones who have already like dealt with the situation and told me how they fixed it. And it's like, okay, I guess that's that's all better now. So let's move on to. something else. And, you know, when kids and adults do that in a school, it just makes for a really powerful environment that is just so rewarding for everyone involved.
1: Yeah. And, you know, talking about uh, coaching teachers, whether regardless of whether an instructional coach or, or any kind of instructional leader, administrator, that's sometimes the best way to, I guess, uh, provide some forward progress, uh, football term, but, you know, to really keep things moving and, and gain momentum or keep momentum is sometimes you have to kind of go through those struggles and, uh, just chalk it up to like, Hey, we tried and, we didn't get it right this time, but we'll get it next time. And, uh, you know, I've I've mentioned already the term growth mindset. I'm a really big fan of growth mindset. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have written a chapter in uh, the Match 2017 book that uh, is out now about kind of blending uh, instructional and educational leadership with growth mindset and kind of what it takes to inspire people to want to grow and want to change and certainly making mistakes is part of that and, and really inspiring people to step out of their comfort zones is is where it comes from. So regardless of whether you're talking about students or teachers, having them not live in that bubble of of whatever it is that they're used to doing, like this is the way we've always done it, you know, getting out of that is is really what's going to keep people moving forward. Yeah. I've never heard of that Jumatch book. You said it like it's a
0: yearly production. Is that what that is?
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you asked. It, it has started to become one. Uh, the In 2016, let me back up a second. Edumatch is a, a group that Sarah Thomas, Dr. Sarah Thomas now has uh, kind of taken the lead on. And it's been around for a little while. And essentially what Edumatch is, is it's a way of connecting educators from all all avenues of education in all areas of the country and in the world. And uh, they're on Twitter and Voxer and uh, basically any social media outlet that you can think of. But uh, over the last couple of years, expanding a little bit into some uh, publications. And so um, this past winter, uh, they've just released, we've just released our uh, second publication. So the Edgy Match Snapshot 2017 book. Uh, I contributed a chapter to it, and, uh, and I'm pretty proud of of what I wrote. I, I would love for uh, anyone listening to maybe check it out and read my chapter. But yeah, that so the chapter is called uh, "Transforming Education: One Mindset As, at a Time." And you know, not to beat a dead horse, but again, it's it's kind of about blending leadership with the ability to inspire a growth mindset and inspire change in in, in teachers.
0: Cool. I just bought it. If you want to get your copy, go to transformunderprinciple.org slash 216 or episode 216. And you'll be able to check that out or just search for Dan Krinas in the who do you want to learn from bar? And I got a link to it in there and I bought it so you can buy it too. That was a great interview. In the podcast, I said that it was transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 216. It's actually episode 217. So please uh, go there and get the show notes for this episode and, and get those two books that he was talking about. They both sound very interesting. Thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle, and please share this with someone who would benefit from it. Thank you so much. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments,